Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. For those that don't know, I pull out a my favorite part of each show. Usually it's about a two-minute clip. I'll pull that out and we'll put it on YouTube and you can see who the actual guest is on the show, like their actual face instead of just listening to the audio. And then also put it on LinkedIn and kind of do a promo for that episode. And so we've been doing that since episode two. And basically now we have this collection of just really all the best stuff. So that's kind of what we wanted to do this week and next week. We'll break it up into two different episodes, but just pull all those clips together. So that's what this episode is, kind of a best of 2020, if you will. And so I will, in between the clips, I'll just introduce who the person is so you have an idea of who's actually talking. So for the first one, we have Mark Caffitz. He is the Director of Data Analytics at Emory University. Uh, when we did some initial testing on that, we found uh, some IDs that had access to some of our systems where the employees were actually deceased. So that can happen. <laughs> Yeah, I know that the term test, that's actually the first analytics test that I ever really did in audit and used to do it across all kinds of different systems. Um, and that was kind of the, when I learned how to do that and I just, you know, did it in Excel, but you know, just would be look up or something. Um, and when I did that and I looked at it and said, we just tested every single one of these and it took, you know, five minutes or we could have taken a sample and it would have taken forever and how much more coverage we got from it. So whenever somebody brings up the term test one, that one always uh, kind of resonates just because it's the the one that I did, you know, the first one that I- Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the low hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, and again, you talk about, you know, a sample. Well, how often do you, do you actually find something when you're taking a sample? Right. Exception. So when you can cover 100% of the transactions you know, you're not going to miss anything. And then just briefly, you know, the tools that we use, uh, you know, we, we use IDEA, which I'm, I'm sure probably a lot of people have heard of IDEA. Um, also, we use a tool called Alteryx. And Alteryx is really good for data blending and data cleansing. And, and then being able to, to um, uh, put your output in a format that can go directly into Tableau. And so, you know, Tableau is the other uh, tool that we use because uh, you can then create all of your visualizations on a desktop and you can publish it out to a web server. And then once it goes to the web server, then, you know, people in the different departments can then have access to it. So, yeah, again, so it takes out that build it and uh, build it, make it, it takes out the building the visual and then emailing it out to everyone. And then exactly. the next time yeah. you update it, emailing that out to everyone and 
just using the server version, you can just log in and see if there, you know, there's been any data updates and you can see those um, every day if you'd like. Yeah, and, and so it, it becomes a single source of truth, yeah. you know, and nobody can, nobody can change it. This is Tom Harris. He's the vice president and chief audit executive at NCM. I think a lot of, of just the relationship stuff earlier in my career, I didn't realize how important that was. Yep. Um, and, and it really held me back. And probably the last five, six years, and, and, and I'm a solid technical auditor and a whole, whole lot of stuff. And I have a full toolbox of, of things that I can do to solve different kinds of problems and have had that for a while. The last five years, I, I took a hard look in the mirror and said, why am I not progressing in my career? And the only answer that I could come up with is I'm not actively managing relationships as well as I should be. And, and, and that's when I started to do things differently in terms of just relating to people, right? Um, and that's, it's made a huge difference in how the department is perceived, how effective I am at, at my job and, and how effective the audits are. So I, you know, that's probably the thing that I look back over my, my career, not just in audit, but also in operational management is, is not paying enough attention to actively managing relationships. Um, and, and of course, you know, with that is you can't tell somebody you're managing them because that'll just tick them off. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can certainly be responsive, um, get feedback. And when somebody tells you something, if you don't like what they're saying, you, you probably need to hear it, right? If, if you really don't like what they're saying, you really need to hear it. So, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> getting that feedback, responding to it, um, being open and receptive and, and literally actively managing the, the people and the relationships that you have. This is A. Michael Smith. He's the chief audit executive of NASDAQ. This is your soapbox moment. If there's anything that you, uh, any kind of frustration that you feel in the industry that you want to get out and you just wish you could grab somebody by the shoulders and shake them and say, listen to this thing that I'm about to tell you, what do you think it would be? It would be this. Audit is not an expense center. It's a strategic beneficiary to the company. And if you're not providing valuable insights to the C-suite in the company, you're not doing your mandate. If you're viewed as an expense center and you have to go in and beg for, you know, 2% increase every year so people can have uh, different color pencils, then you're doing something wrong. That is perfect. And I'm just going to, since you said that, Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> oh my God. Great minds think alike, huh? Yeah. It's on the website too. I, I knew exactly where it was on this, this page though, but anyway. <laughs> so I'll say brilliant, brilliant answer. <laughs> priceless, priceless. This is Toby DeRoche. At the time of the recording, Toby was the solutions consulting manager at Walters Kluwer or teammate. Uh, now he is a consultant for RGP and also runs Insight CPE. So check that out since he's made the move. What Agile Audit really does is it forces us to deal with emerging risks. It forces us to take into account what insights we've picked up from management and from our own audit work. You know, and then as well as just what's going on in the world in the news, like we take everything into account and we do it ongoing, you know, and what we see within Agile Audit is it also has its own maturity model. You know, so we've got groups that are coming in who are 
just taking that first step. And what they need is to be able to get out of that one-year, two-year, three-year audit plan cycle and look at things on a quarterly basis. Um, technology obviously facilitates. So like within Teammate, what we do is we roll things forward from quarter to quarter, but it also absorbs like all of the things that you've learned in your audit process. So if you're truly doing a risk-based audit, all of the results, all of your residual scores, all of those issues, everything flows back. And you're basically just doing this continuous cycle. And where this goes is an audit department might start off going to that quarterly basis, but in the end, our endpoint is continuous audit and continuous risk, where we can we can get out of this, you know, point in time mindset of looking at things as I'm gonna do year at a time or a quarter at a time. We're basically are always assessing risk. And this is right in line with where the IA has been going, especially recently, of becoming more of a partner to the risk team and working more hand in hand with risk management. Um, the first kind of exposure I had to Agile in terms of its effectiveness, because I've mm -hmm. heard about it, you see the headlines and things, um, was just in like the daily stand-up meetings. Yep. And, you know, I asked like, what, you know, what's the point of this? How does it work? And it was basically you speak and you tell what roadblock is in your way. And so other people can effectively help clear it for you so you can continue making progress. Mm -hmm. That was explained to me. Instead of you know, the weekly meeting of, hey, I met with Jan last week and uh, it went really well. This is Rob Berry. He's president of That Audit Guy. I love what we do and, and the opportunities that we have to help improve people and companies and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree that like the opportunities are crazy because I think we are still kind of antiquated. Yes. Me being analytics and tech driven and supporting audit through uh, those tools and those processes, those initiatives, and then to not see them being used to the extent they could and should be. Yes. It's like uh, there is so much opportunity within audit to, to really like blow it up and make it really, really good. Uh, so I completely yeah. agree. Well, and it's the simple stuff too, because there's one, okay, there's one side having the information as an auditor, but there's another side and that's delivering the information to your clients in a way that they can receive it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we oftentimes fail. Here we have pink collar crime expert, Kelly Paxton. She's a podcast host of the Great Women in Fraud podcast. And she's also a uh, professional speaker and the uh, principal of K Paxton LLC. She also recently released a book. So we'll put a link in the show notes there too. Congrats, Kelly, for doing that. So for the audit people, what is a, a good step to take in the, in the fraud process? Maybe the first step or how to identify it or a tip or a trick or something to that effect? Um, so for auditors, I mean, I also think auditors are incredibly curious. And um, so just like, I mean, in auditors, for the longest time, I thought I had to be an accountant to be an auditor. Like, and then I went to an IIA chapter event and I sat next to this woman who was a performance auditor and she just like blew my world, like brilliant woman. And she's like, I don't know anything about numbers. She goes, I'm there to like fix processes. And I was just, and we've stayed connected this whole entire time. So as far as like when an auditor finds fraud, um, you know, the one thing I would tell you is like document, document, document. And also auditors, I think, um, 
I'm going to say are kinder people, and maybe I'm going to get in trouble for this, than investigators. And they're like, they don't think like criminals as much. And you kind of have to think like a criminal. So um, whereas auditors can kind of see a hole in a process, like to fix, no investigators see the hole that that was the crime. Yeah. So um, a, a, a little bit of that, you're going to have to go, they're going to have to go to their dark side. I'm going to say a little more than normal. Here we have Jamie Shine. She's the corporate and IT audit manager at QuickTrip. So we started out doing a lot of IT consulting. And then after that, we started getting asked to do more consulting projects. But what was interesting to me is that the more consulting work we did, the more we found that people were asking us for audits as well. I was expecting to be asked for more consulting engagements. I wasn't expecting to be asked to do additional audits. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I don't think that the auditees necessarily know what audit can offer. I think it goes back to what mm -hmm. you said earlier. It's almost that perception of audits here just to get us in trouble kind of thing. So right. yeah, I think that is important just to even educate the auditees about what all audit is capable of doing. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes they don't know. I also think we have to be careful because sometimes we want to be all things to all people. I think most people become auditors because they want to help, right? So we have to be careful that we're not stepping into areas that we don't have any expertise in or for example, the standards say that we should primarily, when we're doing consulting engagements, be focusing on GRC, on governance, risk, and control. So if I'm doing a consulting engagement that has nothing to do with governance, risk, or control, or any area that I have, you know, no background in, it's probably not the best option for me and for my company. Here we have Stormin Norman Kromberg. He's the Vice President of Information Security at Southern Carlson. What is the best way to audit the function? So when I was an auditor, I always loved having a steering committee of my own, which we'd sit down with the people who supplied the process, the people who owned the process, the people who benefited or got the output from the process. And when we asked that or put them on a steering committee, we could ask, what's the best way to evaluate, test, or test to that this control is functioning as designed? Yeah, I agree. And there's some um, almost maybe debate of we should be the ones making that determination of what we think and how we think we should do it, but they know it better than we will ever know it. It's their thing. They own it. Um, so there's gotta be some level of trust there. You know, I know we're, we're independent, but there's still gotta be some level of trust there. So asking them where to start, um, and being even very specific on what to start in, um, I think is a great idea. Now we have Ellen Hunt. She's the senior VP of audit ethics and compliance at AARP. Um, the dashboard is a huge marketing opportunity. And I think one of the things that people believe or have in their head is that audit is going to come, ask a whole bunch of questions, get a whole bunch of documents, and then slap a report on us that we don't have any opportunity to have any input on and give us findings that are too prescriptive and unreasonable. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we've done, uh, we use Tableau as our organizational data analytic tool. Uh, and um, really my, the, the team is the experts and came up with um, this. But for each audit, we have a dashboard and it shows you who your contacts are, what we're auditing, where we are with documents, what's the timeline, what do we think the potential findings are. So it's all there and it doesn't matter if you're the operational person uh, on the floor, or you're the executive vice president, 
who's, who's monitoring. Are, anybody who wants access to it gets it. So transparency. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that we're doing is we're taking that and rolling it up to become an executive dashboard and eventually a dashboard for the audit committee. Right. Transparency again. But the other thing is with data analytics, why are we building reports? We should be at real time. I don't need to build a report and submit it to the Office of Corporate Secretary for them to be in a, in a book. I'm going to give you a link. You want to know where we are on audit plan? You can look anytime you want. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a huge marketing tool because what it says to your clients is, I'm not playing hide the ball. Mm -hmm. I'm being completely transparent with you. So yeah. it's a great opportunity. The other thing that you can help your clients with, and we've used this, is as we audit, if we build reports with data analytics or other interfaces, we leave it behind. I don't, I don't need that report going forward. These are not my business operations. They're yours. Mm -hmm. But this is what we use to audit you. These are the, th the factors and the variables that we think are important for you to figure out what could be operational outliers for you. Take it, modify it, go forth. And that has been really pretty successful. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. This is Stephanie Nuesi. Her resume is too long and she <laughs> has too many positions. I don't think we have enough time on the show to go through them all, but primarily she is the CEO and founder of MaxUp. She's held various internships through Big Four and other internal audit positions. Put money into a mentor or a coach to help you in your field. Find someone that does it. There's plenty of them out there. Um, and just so you have somebody to bounce ideas off of and somebody to guide you, somebody that's already been there. What I say is like, I work with coaches and mentors that can help flatten the learning curve for me. So instead of me trying to figure out everything myself, I can go to them with questions and they can, you know, something that would take me six months to figure out and bang my head up against the wall. They can go, Oh yeah, I know how to fix that. Just do this thing over here and you'll figure it out. So I think having that as a resource in college is going to be amazing for people. No. And I can tell you that, um, I wish I would have had something like that when I was a freshman. A freshman coming in college fresh, have no clue what to do, where to go. I wish I would have had someone who would let the journey a little bit more smooth for me, you know? And I think uh, something that is a misconception is that when you uh, sort of like invest in yourself, um, it's a wrong investment. I think that's one of the best investments ever. Here we have Ann Butera. She's the founder and president of the Whole Person Project. What I have found, and I'm smiling because what I have found is if you say to someone planning an audit, you only have two weeks to plan this audit. Guess how long planning takes? Two weeks. Two weeks. If you say to someone, you have three weeks to plan this audit, guess how long planning takes? Three weeks. Three weeks. I mean, you see where I'm, yeah. and I, I, I really, I, I don't want to get hate email from you because I said that, 
But what ha I think happens is, naturally, as auditors, we want to uphold the IIA code of ethics, okay? We want to be thorough. We want to display our competency. We want to display our objectivity. We want to do all these great things. But the question of value starts to get a little eclipsed. So when we finish the planning memo, where's the value creation? And could we have done it sooner? Do, do, do you see where I'm, where I'm going with this? You know? Because if the, if when we're done and we've spent 80 hours on something and somebody reads it and says, yeah, I knew that. Or yeah, so what? Yeah. Meaning the, the area is low risk. We probably should have exercised some efficiency with how we were looking at the data and reaching, you know, and reaching that decision. This is Carol Rapp. She is the Information Systems Internal Audit Assistant Director at the University of Texas at San Antonio. You have the one iteration within your team and then the other one with the client. Is there, does it typically go more than those kind of two meetings or is it one meeting, two meeting, and we're basically done? Um, it'll be usually about two meetings. Um, Sometimes uh, I'll work with my team and then we also have to have a second one with the CAE just to uh, address their needs. But I've also gotten to the point of just saying, no, bring him in. <laughs> you know? um, and this whole concept of sending it out to one person, you know, like single lining it, you know, for review, mm -hmm. you know, send it to this person and get their review comments back and change it. And then send it to this person and get their review comments and say, no, 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 no. Get them all in the room. Send it out, say, hey, read it, be prepared, get into a room and talk about everybody's comments at that point in time and make the changes that are required. This is Ada Grace Power. She's the Senior Director of SOX and Internal Audit at TripAdvisor. You called it a digital transformation project, but you said that while you were leading this digital transformation project, your role was to develop the people on the project, which was kind of, you know, it's a digital transformation project and you're saying, yeah, but my role is to focus on the people, which is just super interesting to me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, um, there's always people behind it. We're not robots. So in order for us to really transform, we have to let go of what we know and open ourselves up to think about things differently. And um, so we, I actually kicked off the a digital igniters session with a TED talk on um, the brain anatomy of learning and neuroplasticity and what's the process of short term versus long term and what's involved in that. Because I think we have to be open to like not having it be a checklist and this is how you use a tool. But the biggest takeaway that's really going to transfer across an organization and even into your future um, job. Um, and really enable you to be successful in your career is to and how you think and um, how you you're, you're approaching something. So that's part of the reason why I'm really big on, on, on learning and rethinking how we're learning. Um, and sometimes we don't know how to think about something. So we have to learn how to think about digital technology. What does it look like to have a virtual digital workforce? It's all very new. Um, so we have to strip back to the most basic layers and be um, comfortable with relearning. Here we have Eric Score. He's the internal audit manager at Holman Enterprises. 
the folks that don't know what is RPA and uh, not only the acronym, but kind of what is it theoretically? Yes. So theoretically, you're essentially taking a process and automating it, right? And it's pretty simple, I guess, <laughs> when, it, when you break it down. And, uh, and, but it's really powerful, right? Simple but powerful, right? I mean, this, in essence, what businesses are doing is there's software now that you can uh, leverage where you can tell the software how to go about doing the process that you've developed over years probably yeah and the system can do it by itself and a lot faster right and it's i see it popping up uh at different businesses and i keep talking about it when i uh, meet peers and audit peers uh in conferences or meetings, whatever, I, I think it keeps coming up because it's going to definitely revolutionize things across the board. I see a lot of accounting processes that were mundane, I guess, being transformed into RPA. And it's really going to be helpful, I think, in terms of giving people that more, you know, allow people to enjoy their jobs more and focus more on, I think the more important things that are out there. Right. I, I don't, there's not a lot of people out there that just like to sit and do the same thing every single day. Right. But it needs to be done. Right? A robot. Yeah. Again, a robot likes that. <laughs> we, we program them to like that. Here we have Jason Mefford. He's the CEO of the Sea risk Academy. He's also the president of Mefford associates and also has the jamming with Jason podcast. What is your your soapbox topic? <laughs> Reach through and shake them a little bit. Actually, little it's funny. Bit. It's it's funny that you say that because I said, you know, I'm a really kind guy, you know, on my podcast. Uh -huh. But sometimes I'm going to reach through and I'm going to shake you, and I might even slap you a little bit because you need to hear it, right? Yeah. Uh, because I care about you. I care about people in this industry, and and so for me, kind of a soapbox side of it is, I've I've been in this industry for a long time decades right and i and i've been through i've been in those positions and the profession publicly tries to talk about how relevant and how important we are to organizations and we're a profession because we we do the qaip well that's bullshit okay it's just because you do that does not mean that you're going to be relevant and valuable to your organization now we do play an important role in governance in an organization, but you have to earn it. And you can't just stand up and say, well, I'm the internal auditor. You must listen to me. Right. right? And, and people actually doing that and taking that sort of an approach has been hurting our profession for a long time.
Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.